Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Jump Street Podcast episode number 153. I had to check that one before I said it. I wasn't ready for it. But we have a very special guest and a homie on tonight that we love having on the show, and you all love him too. Um, what's going on, Billy? How's it going? Not much. Everyone, welcome to episode 153. Super stoked. This is our first podcast of the new year with a guest. And it's cool that we have Sean Kelso to kick this off, especially with everything that he's been doing in all of 2023 and his last thing that he put out reflect two weeks ago that was absolutely incredible we're going to get into all of that but before we do i'm going to give you a very short spiel today spiel please follow us on all of our social media accounts we have a facebook we have a youtube you can subscribe you can uh hit the notification bell we have an itunes if you like what you're hearing please give us a five-star review and rating we also have a patreon we have a bunch of new stuff coming out on patreon and if you are a Patreon for as little as $3 a month, you are automatically entered into our free drawing every month. You could win something from our online store, whether that be a five-panel hat, it could be a hoodie, it could be a t-shirt, it could be a mug. So that is my spiel for this week. If you like what you're hearing, please support us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we've been blowing up the Patreon the last couple uh, weeks also. So sorry, not sorry for all the notifications that you're probably getting, but we still have more coming too. We've been filming some more stuff. We have more content up there. Um, this is going to be a shout out for our new Patreon supporters this week. We have uh, this, these names, Zuhair C, Ian McGlynn, and Matt Bednarik. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon. We have a WTF this week, as usual, from Patreon supporter Chad Vignelle. And this person did not have a name on their Instagram account. So we'll call them at Roller with what... Me and Sean thought it was like a Medspin wall ride. Would you consider this a Medspin wall ride, Billy? Even though it's yeah. not a Medspin 2 wall ride, it's just like a Medspin wall ride. No, it's definitely like some version of Medspin, like a vertical Medspin 360, but also a backflip. I don't know. Uh, let us know in the comments what you think that is. Uh, yeah. I, the, Medspin? Medspin? Because he's doing a med spin on a yeah. wall, but it's not a med spin yeah. to wall ride. It's like a med spin wall ride. It's awesome. I don't it know. It is super sick. I've never seen anybody do that before. So huge shout out. Thank you so much for, uh, well, damn. Hang on really quick. One second. We have a, uh, I can't not mention whoever sent us this. And it was uh, Flippin' Skates on Instagram. Thank you so much, Flippin' Skates. If anybody else has any WTFs they want to send our way, please let us know because we can't see everything on the World Wide Web. And before we get in with our guests, we have a sponsor for this week's episode. Thank you to Create Originals for sponsoring this episode with the new, coincidentally, Sean Kelso Pro Frame that's out right now, the Reflect Yo. He also came out with the super cool edit, some are calling Edit of the Year for 2023. Really cool reflective logo with a new shiny reflective hardware to match. Check it out in the Create Originals store. And we're going to get into all this stuff later as well. But also check it out on the Create Originals website. The Chris Piasic wooden laser engraved frames is a limited run of with artist Chris Piasic, who uh, did a lot of the artwork for Create Originals from the beginning days and still to this day. So super cool limited run of 25 I think they have a few left still on the website. If you're interested, it comes in this really cool wooden box also. So check that out. And also, Create Originals was... Uh, for, we're fortunate enough for Create Originals to team up with us for a giveaway for this episode. We're going to get into those details later. 
I'm super excited about it. It's a cool little different thing that we have going on for this we uh, this giveaway, this contest, whatever that we're throwing. So we'll get into those details later on. Anybody can enter, and I'm super excited about it. But thank you to Create Originals for sponsoring this episode. Everybody, check them out and check out Sean's new Create Original Reflectio frame. Very cool. Um, so yeah, that should be everything. Should we get straight into yeah. it with our guest? Yeah, let's. I feel like that was quicker than normal, but that's that's the way things are going these days. It's 2024. Yeah, I, I, Where it's 2024, yeah. we're on, and it's a new day, new era. Um, but yeah, let's bring in our new guest, everybody, not new guest, but our guest for today, uh, Sean Kelsa, everybody welcome in. in. <laughs> Sean requested a what's special up? intro song. <laughs> I was wondering what was happening. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, cool. Sean? How you guys doing? What's up? Good. How are good. you? I'm doing good. Can't complain besides this kind of crappy... Uh, wintery weather that we've all been dealing with over here but you know same old good family's happy and healthy so can't complain i was about to say not all of us billy's lucky escaping the cold in in long beach yeah yeah but i I feel you sean i feel you yeah i know you do (laughs) but saturday's gonna be nice so we should link up yes if it says windy out we'll see how windy it is it's it's been windy the last uh, few days i don't Skating in the wind is not fun. Do you like skating in the wind? <laughs> That's not something we come across too often. I hate the wind more than like brick cold. Yeah. Wind is absolutely like a turnoff, but if we're just going to a park to do some chill shit, then no complaints. Yeah. Let's hope for the best for this weekend because I would like to link up to and get some skating in since it's going to be randomly warm out this weekend. But anyway, thank you for coming on the show again. You're a veteran of Jump Street Podcast by now. But we love having you on, and there is good cause because even our uh, our Patreon, when I posted that you were going to be on the other day, um, the comments blew up on Patreon even too. So people love having you on. So that's why we're having you on again. Well, thank you to all those Patreons. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, I got to go through a lot of these to get uh, a couple questions later on, but we'll worry about that later. Well, first and foremost, before we get into uh, all the questions that we're going to get into, I got to ask a personal question. So on your uh, the picture that you sent for your portrait for the Jump Street promo that we use today and your shirt today, one is a OG FR shirt. The other one is like one of the most OG Senate Halo shirts. I remember when I saw the Senate Halo shirt when I was a young kid, like when I first started skating, like this is like 96, 97. I don't know. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I wanted one. Anyone who had one looked so cool. And it just like was part of the style back then. Are these original shirts or these remakes? These are all original and they're both recent purchases. Um, Anyone who knows me knows I'm pretty like well involved in the vintage world with just finding obscure, whether it's like old Chase NASCAR tees that I kind of rock all the time. But I've always collected uh, anything vintage rollerblade oriented, whether it was like skates or clothes. So I've been lucky enough to find friends that I've met on like Instagram or just random sellers that have access to this. I mean, this is like a mint condition. I'm in shock about how the condition is the shocking part. It's in such good condition. Yeah. I know yeah. that's funny. So, I sent you. I sent you my picture of my piece love FR shirt. Yeah, that yeah. looks nothing. You like almost can't boring. even see the logo <laughs> anymore. That's how worn it is. So it almost like Billy has is right by asking that question. Are these remakes? Because that looks legit. You know, so legit. Um, I again, they they've come from someone's personal collection. 
So I'm just lucky enough to have met these people when they were offering them. Um, I guess I got in at the right time because that Halo shirt was a crazy find as well. I've been searching for that because Billy, I had that shirt when I was a kid. I was yeah. like, how can I get this stuff again? Um, so I have like homies in Philly who collect stuff too. Josh Weaver, um, some people know him as Pick and Recycle. He's a gem in finding good blade stuff as well. So give him a follow, good homie. Um, he actually got me that Senate Halo wow. hoodie. So I'm the hoodie? up with him and wow. he got me the hoodie. I remember like the old, like one, like the, it was like, they had a green one, I think. And like a brown yeah. one. They had the green a one's black like Ar one. Ar Arlo wore the green one, I think. He made that one like famous in like yeah. the early days too. That's what I pictured too, the green one. When you said that, it instantly clicked in my head. Is there is there anything on your like vintage skate collection bucket list that you are on the hunt for? Like when you have this, you're like, yes, I can't wait. I can't believe I got this. So same item. Um, I recently just met this uh, lad from Wales. Uh, huge collector. His Instagram page is crazy with like the amount of memorabilia that he collects. His name's Anthony. And he had like a mint condition size XL halo hoodie with the old E script on the back. I had that as a kid. And I just sent him a package today, like filled to the brim with all types of basement stuff. And in return, he is gifting me that hoodie. So it will be on Ooh. its way. So Damn. I'll have two, two hoodies. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> is, that the, is that the one in the picture? You sent me a picture of that one, right? I think you sent me a picture of one of them. Um, yeah. You have two Halo hoodies. Um, I always, not always, yeah. but. I don't have them in my possession yet, though. Yeah. No, but it's I, 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 I was actually about to say that it's finding like vintage stuff on its own must, much, must be like its own mission, you know, trying to find like OG stuff. But in the blading world, it's like really fascinating to me because where do you look? Do you look on like traditional like vintage pages? Because I feel like that is like more obscure than that. And like the, the blade shirt vintage market, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes like sellers don't know what they have. So if you like are just on like Depop or Grailed or even eBay and you're, you know, I don't want to give away the secrets, but it's not too much yeah, of a yeah. secret. You type in like vintage rollerblade. I mean, you can kind of uh, explore what's out there. Um, but like I said, like this, obviously this came from like a true skater. Uh, yeah. But sometimes you'll just get lucky. Someone not knowing what it is. Like I got the ill will, the rip off of Goodwill long sleeve from some seller and I threw in an offer of like, 40 bucks and he was like except i was like uh mm -hmm. yeah i'll take that insane cool. <laughs> man I, one, one day we got to try austin to like go to like arlo's uh like a like an on-site like jump street like wardrobe collection i bet you like arlo has a ton of like sick stuff like i wonder i wonder the blader with like the most vintage stuff i'm sure sean's getting up there but i wonder like if the ogs kept any things you know that's yeah. a good question to ask these people. I know scented well, pants, like you know, things like that. Tracy White has the Blade Museum. He has a lot of that stuff. Also, mm -hmm. even um, at Bitter Cold Modern Skate Park, they have a bunch of vintage stuff. Remember, like the showcases at the yeah, like yeah. lobby when you walked in. That was pretty cool. Not so much like clothes and stuff, I guess, but yeah. they had a lot of like crispy CDS Detroit grind plates in display, um, like fresh like Tarmax in the in the display case. So people have these things too. It's kind of cool seeing them i always wanted um like recently i've been wanting like the original be unique shirt 
like the regular B with the two lines on it, like the original blue and white one, I think it was. Um, yeah. I, I wish I kept all, like just that shirt anyway, but that's like the only vintage thing that I've been looking out for. Um, I always wanted the Halo shirt too, though. That's awesome that you got those. I still have a rack of all that old B&E stuff at my parents' house. Yeah, I have some still in packaging. Yo, can I get one? Do you have any other? Yeah, other but... <laughs> do you have any other regular B shirts? Yeah, definitely. I, ha- I have to go because we have to we have to pay uh, Mr. Mrs. Kelso a visit too. <laughs> go go mess go mess up the basement with some slider bar setups. Yeah, I love that. eat all their pickles out of the fridge. That, that too. <laughs> Austin keeps his uh, dog tag in his wallet. He still has the. I think I took it out of the away. wallet. Ah. It's somewhere. It wasn't my Cu- wallet though. Couple couple years back, he kept it in his wallet. Well, you somebody know? somebody at Woodward at the what year is it? I think um, was just like, hey, check this out, and he pulled out like one of the dog tags. I don't know. I didn't ask him where he got it from, but he just had one of the dog tags. Like, oh, that's sick. I like. I I didn't keep mine. I wish I. I don't know what I did with it. And he's like, here, you could have this one. I'm like, really? And I didn't know. Like, we were just at the skate park, so I put it in my wallet, and it just never left my wallet. And then like a couple so, months ago, I actually took it out and um, put it somewhere, but. Yeah. Do you should, still have the dog tags? You should put it on. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a chain. I don't think so. Probably not. I still have some like rare old uh, like skates that USD made for me. Like they made me this one of one glow in the dark the skate. Yeah, oh, yeah. I posted them before like on my Instagram and I think I got like an offer for a thousand bucks. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll entertain this idea. But it's like <laughs> one of one, like put it in the pitch black and it lights yeah. up it's pretty crazy that's like 10 grand so, right there you gotta you got hold on to that man that's a collector's yeah, item sure. didn't I'll, I'll i'll take offers if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the, the blue Start and 10 g's that was like the wait was it even the blue and black ones with the glow in the dark cuff or was it straight up a one-off with the gold with the glow in the dark cuff straight up one-off glow in the dark boot glow in the dark cuff all white bottom Glow in the dark boot. I remember the cuff being glow in the dark. So it's glow in the dark boot. Oh, have you got any clips on them? Never skated them. And that would be. I wonder what that would look like in, like, if you could like maximize the glow in the darkness of it, like in darken the room and get some clips like really deep in with the. I wonder what that would look like. That'd be sick with like like, a like an all night part. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. You know how you have your uh, the reflective frames. I been wanting a reflective skate like that like 3m shiny material but to make a boot or like some sort of even if it was like a cuff like a major part of the skate that was reflective i think that'd be so sick true i wonder if they can do that i mean they Mm -hmm. did glow in the dark so you could probably like wrap it with like 3m tape or something i have 3m tape the reflective tape but it would be a lot to wrap the whole thing i'm sure um you need some sort of vinyl or something like that but I'd always thought that would be a cool idea. Super random. Maybe it could be a limited edition or something, but um, I'm into the reflective stuff. Thinking back to it too, I remember Matthias, like when we were producing that skate, uh, his first concern that it was unfriendly to the environment. <laughs> and that's something that I I didn't know. I was just like, I want that shit to glow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is glow in the dark like not eco-friendly, I guess? I don't know. Maybe it's like treated with some sort of chemical or something. That's true. Has to be. I mean, it's obviously chemicals. Yeah. Small price to pay to swag out on them, though. <laughs> For real. Right. <laughs> they're, 
<laughs> they're just in my parents' basement, like kryptonite, just like causing problems. <laughs> like that's... killing all of the wildlife and like the five mile radius. No, it's doing the opposite. That's why Mr. Godzilla is living so long. Yo, good point. <laughs> For those who don't know, Mr. Godzilla yeah. is a childhood pet. He is a fire belly newt, and I think he's 34 now. Like our parents got us these two newts. I didn't even have a memory yet, I don't think. And the dude's still living, just trapped in a cage, like this much wow. water. It says they can Crazy. live up to 30 years. So Mr. He Godzilla has good genes. He does. Hopefully uh, that runs in the Kelso family, because then we'll be getting <laughs> basement edits for the next like 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys had like a really uh, busy, busy year again, like you and your brother and and you and right before the year ended, you guys put out uh, two parts simultaneously, um, got a lot of attention, got a lot of feedback and it came out incredible. I gotta say, man, that was like some, some of the tricks, like it's always, it amazes me how it keeps on progressing and getting better and better. But, uh, what was the process for that? Like, and, uh, the thought process behind everything. Well, thinking back to the beginning of 2023, we started out with Zephyr. We basically tried to make like a them collaborative video and I made it interactive with the theme of Mega Man 2. Um, so we tried to include as many of them skaters around it, like even though it was like little uh, snippets, like PNGs, like flying around, kind of wanted to make it look like the video game when you choose the actual character. Um, but the process of that was just like, it's cold, it's winter. What's the easiest thing to skate? It was park. So we started the year out there. Um, when spring arrived, we jumped into the, the baseline project. We both had like burner skates, we called them. So we were both like filming IG content while we were secretly skating the pinks and filming base them. Um, we thought we were going to have all year for that project. And then John hit us up with like a two week deadline. We we're like, oh, okay. So I remember when we hit that, uh, we just went wild. I think we skated every single day for two weeks straight, just trying to collect as much as we possibly could. So uh, kudos to Colin, because I think he works well under pressure and kudos to myself, because I guess I do also. <laughs> but that <laughs> yeah. was, that was uh, it was a weird launch because we weren't ready with the gear. Um, that came out way later. It actually came out pretty recently. Uh, but that was obviously the first street thing we did this year, and it came out really early. So we had a ton of time to create something, which eventually became my reflect part and Colin's solo part uh, that spanned at the period from the end of summertime right to like the 15th of December or something like that. And... Uh, we didn't know what we were doing. So there wasn't like a process or a thought behind it. We, we uh, toyed around with the idea of making a together video. Um, I, I'm happy that it ended up being uh, my reflect part promoting the create frame, which I love the way it came out. And Colin just had his part all to himself. Just here's Colin and some of them skates just ripping. So we uh, were like, uh, we'll, launch on the same day at the same time and just you know bat them both <laughs> so sick 
Yeah. I think it's such a sick way to to so, to do to. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say we didn't even like uh, plan for it to come out like at the end of the year. I guess like sometimes with all like the Sodi stuff and all the awards, like people think that you're just trying to go for that. But realistically, it's like it's winter and it was already getting slow. We were dealing with constant rain, high winds. Um, so it was just like time to wrap the project up. And I think that's when we were like, this is, it's time to just put this together, get it out. And it came out awesome. So I'm happy. <laughs> I was about to say whether uh, consciously or not, that's a really sick way to do it. Start off the year strong with the big edit and then end the year strong with the big edit. That's like, that, that that's, consciously or not that's like a really good model and like a really cool way to do things and yet like yeah everything's incredible just like and just like the amount of content consistently that basement's been able to put out over the years is just really awesome like you know i'll go to bellino's sometimes before we skate and we'll just like watch like a bunch of basement stuff because it's all there so much is like new coming out and it's always worth the rewatch the rewatch val uh, value is really high but um yeah I don't know, man. It's just incredible. I got, I got to give it up to you for that. What's the, uh, like, what's the process of like staying so consistent? Is it just like you and Colin, like staying on top of one another, having like the access to it? And like also the spots, like I'm still so amazed that you can come up with all these new spots in Philly after like what, 25 years of skating yeah. spots in Philly and still, and they look like old spots. So I'm like, wow, that looks like an old spot, but I haven't seen it yet. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so with the access of uh these people who just have like spot pages on instagram there's some really good access to finding different spots in the tri-state area like for instance that really did like the sweaty three true kg on yeah i found that on an instagram page and it was way up in north new jersey probably even more north than than manhattan wow. um but we were just like, all right, we're going to take our chances and venture into this area and follow this guy's spot guidelines because he kind of you know, gives you the list right there, um, addresses and everything. And he was super responsive if I had any directional questions. So it, it's, it's things like that. I mean, obviously, we revisit the old spots like Penn and Drexel that are just constantly rebuilding stuff. And then you'll see something that's old and uh, maybe unique that hasn't caught your eye in the past because maybe it wasn't something that, um, you know, you were thirsty for back then, but with new eyes and new light, you see it in a different way and things happen. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, Cause I noticed in your reflect your edit that you did, I, and I, I'm not a hundred percent confident with Philly spots, especially the schools. You mentioned Penn and Drexel. When you did on the little curve black rail, the topsail 360 topsail, is that the same school you did on the kink rail topsail three topsail, or is that a different school? So that was, the, the, there's a funny story about that. I forget it, Colin would remember it, but someone brought that up to him uh, the, the Drexel day. To answer your question, the one from Opinions down the kink rail was Drexel, the curve rail's Penn. They're caddy okay. corner schools to one another. That's why I always get them confused because they're like, yeah. every time I go there, like you could like kind of skate from one to the other. And I, I was like, I mean, you could finish your story too. I just wanted to say like, the reason I said that was because it was kind of like what Billy said in the first place, like revisiting old spots. But that was, in my eyes, I was getting, that was like a new take 
on doing an old legendary trick at the same spot, pretty much, but in a different way, you know? Yeah. Uh, those little slider bars that are planted all over pen, like if you revisit old videos, probably where dudes were rocking this shirt, uh, like in hoax, like they were skating those rails and they've stood the test of time and they're still there. And you can find curvy ones like that one um, amongst ones that go out of her sets that we've never even skated because at the time I was like, eh, that's too small or something like that. Um, but really funky, weird rails, which everybody likes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's cool to see, like, that's another thing, like other than the new spots and obviously like all the reconnaissance work that you guys do to find those spots and go to those spots. And it was really cool seeing like, spots in your new part in, in Staten Island. I love seeing like all that stuff too. True. But um, I, I really like seeing that revisiting of the old spots that both you and your brother do so successfully. Um, I, I believe it's, uh, yeah, I believe it's that you like the stuff at Penn that you were doing and your brother was, I think it's Drexel or Penn, it might be Penn, where he does like Royale to Cesslide the floor to Royale back on the ledge and just like classic that's spot. such that's such like a classic spot and to like see like these new takes on them like after like again like 20 25 years of you guys skating them like and then being skated for like you know that long or longer is just like really awesome to see yeah and oddly enough uh since we were young and probably because like the skate scene was gigantic security used to be really tough to deal with like nowadays you're showing up like a mid 30 year old man pushing 40 <laughs> and security doesn't seem to give a crap about anything that we're doing over there. So it's like more accessible in that way as well. So yeah, that place used to be a revisit. It used to be a huge bust. I'm surprised that yeah. it, it changed like that. I wonder if that's because of like a lax on the rules or because like genuinely you're presenting as like an adult and, Maybe that just commands more respect when like the security guards like your age or around the same age <laughs> yeah. as you. I don't know. Also not rolling like 30 deep like you were back in the day too, probably. That's it's not true. as big of a scene. Yeah. Um, we do have a smaller group. Yeah, that, that um, probably helps with everything. We're still skating the hood too. Uh, we're still rub bricking spots. Uh, <laughs> we had a new addition to the Philly crew, uh, Ryan Parker. Um, so it's been nice to uh, not only have another extremely tech blader to motivate me but he loves building spots and he's damn good at it so yeah you know i was actually <laughs> I, I was actually wondering about that because i saw him like in a lot of philly clips and i didn't know if he had moved there or not but he's officially moved over there yeah he started toying with the idea back in the spring him and his girlfriend were visiting and just kind of just shopping around for apartments and I think it was either like midsummer or end summer. They did their full move, and yeah, he's a he's a Philly boy, he's a Philly native. I didn't even know that he's a Philly native too. Wow, that's crazy. That's a, that's a well, really cool addition to the crew. I, I he's not actually a Philly native, but now he is. <laughs> now he is. He's local. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. Uh, that's a really that's a really cool addition, man. His like skating is, I think, uh, fits right in. Like, uh, Obviously, very zone, but it fits really well in with with you guys as well. Like just like his approach. Yeah, I think we have this like untalked about battle on Payne's rail at this point because like <laughs> he'll go there and film himself and do all this like messed up shit, and I'll be like, Arr. 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 Be like, yo, that's my, that, <laughs> I, that's my spot. I'm about to, 
Yeah, I'm about to go there dolo and set the set the tripod up. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Honestly, that that I was doing that so much. I think like spacement two times, like after work, obviously when it's beautiful out. I was hopping on my bike and just riding down there and like skating that spot almost every day. And there was uh, like a, a blast of consistency that happened within my skating when I was doing that nonstop. Um, obviously, the warmer weather makes that happen. So, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, Paints is a good place for that too. It's like a training ground sure. in every aspect. It has like the beginner stuff. It has the intermediate stuff. It has like actual rails and ledges there um you guys are lucky to have that and i was even when i think it was after the invitational when i think uh vitzman went also to philly and it was like there was like a picture of you michael vitzman ryan parker and i was like this is like the ultimate crew right there because <laughs> the way you guys all skate together you guys are all different but very similar in the way you skate in the style and i was like it looked like it was meant to be that you all connected for that, like yeah. one, one session or two sessions, whatever it was. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool time. He came out with um, Air Manatee for, I guess, uh, a time in the winter prior to after the Invitational as well. Um, it was cold as shit, but yeah, I remember skating. I think I made a little piece for Michael at Payne's Rail during that time. Um, and then he came out and he stayed with Parker while Parker was living here or obviously is living here. Um, and I think they were working on something specific for their sponsor. I don't think I've seen the footage though. Yeah, me neither. Dude, I think, I think that's the missing link of the crew. Colin, Sean, Ryan Parker, Air Manatee. That's the next, that's the next <laughs> piece. Man. Just Dude. flip the script on them. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, that'll just be the... Just hit him with a curveball, surprise him. That'll be his stair yeah. ride was epic. Every time I talk right. to Michael, he like brings that up somehow, and I, it's like the, he dies laughing telling that story. I, I felt we, so bad for the man because like if you go if you go to the art museum, it's always crowded with so many tourists, and like here comes this giant man in like thirty degree weather shirt open like looking like he's known what he's doing which no disrespect yeah uh, no disrespect dude like you yeah. do know what you're doing but yeah comes flying down for it. extra confident though <laughs> yeah dude he, he did it twice too it was like the worst fall i've ever seen twice yeah. it was so bad then airman we love yeah. you that fall is epic yeah. um but he's been posting a lot of like regular skate stuff too recently which is cool to see he's back on his shit now it looks I like all that yeah. yeah that's what's up um so I, th I thought it would be cool to touch on this we were talking about it before the podcast but as someone who um obviously like a big part of your eye in skating not only is as we touched on for a minute touches into fashion but also touches with like the videography that you've been like has been intertwined with your skating and your vision for years we were talking about like uh, some of the work and release, um, some of the new things that have come out in 2023. And we touched on, um, I just saw Brain God for the first time yesterday. Um, I saw like a piece of it a week ago, but I didn't get to finish it. I had to come back home. So I saw like half of it, but I sat down yesterday in my living room, watched it from top to bottom. And I was really impressed with the, the, the attention to detail, like the work and like the, 
just like, yeah, just everything that Drew put into it, you can see that he put a lot of work into it. I was wondering if like we, you could, you know, share your thoughts with that and we can kind of like t touch on that for a little bit. Uh, absolutely. And I feel like I'm always on here giving Drew some props. So here it goes again. <laughs> um, the way he has like a superpower of um, capturing the presence of like the skaters or the subjects in his films. And I think that the way he put this one together was like truly a masterpiece. And I think that, um, you know, arguably some people might complain about like a, a, the skating or the tricks. Maybe it's not on a level of expectations that they, um, you know, might want to receive. But again, back to how he captures it, the soundscape of that film. I watched it in the dark, headphones on the first time I watched it, put the phone away. And I feel like that's like really how you have to watch that film um, is paying attention to it in every detail. You can judge the skating the way you want to judge the skating, but uh, truly a wonderful work masterpiece of escape video um capturing personalities the music the sound i mean i could go on and on about drew and his ability to make people just look cool um i think about it uh looking back into skate videos that made me want to skate and i wasn't necessarily like judging the skating and when i was watching like bg4 like I liked it. It looked cool. These were the guys that I wanted to look like. Right. And I think that he, he, he creates that feeling. He brings out that emotion. He, he, he makes me love skating when I watch this film and I'm proud of him because I know he's just a dude like me and my brother you got busy lives and you're, you're putting your effort, your time and energy into creating something that's special. I mean, no one, no one can touch that one, in my opinion. I mean, again, skating's up for debate amongst people, but that project's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, like, um, again, like, you can tell, like, the amount of detail and to each clip and thought that went into each clip and how it all played into the video. And he definitely created a feeling and an emotion there. And... Um, as a New Yorker, like seeing like how he utilized some of like the looks of New York in the video, like he had a shot along the bridge where it had like this. Lost Billy. Yeah, me too. Um, Billy, we lost you somehow. I, I think I there touched my mic. Okay, there we go. It, it, it was only for like, it was great. only for a few seconds, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, the, the way he, um, you know, as a New Yorker, like that, the, those shots in New York that he was getting with the skating, I kind of highlight like the shots a lot more, like a lot of those spots. I remember seeing a lot of those spots, like a lot of those spots, like obviously we saw growing up and some of them were like well-known skate spots and others were, oh, like this is just a good looking spot or a place to hang out, but hard to figure out a way to get a clip there. But they were making clips happen at spots that weren't traditionally like skate looking spots. So I think it really like highlighted the city, New York City a lot really well too. And um, I think the way he introduces it like highlights the personality of the skater really well. Mm -hmm. Like the subject, it's like you feel 
like you could know the person without knowing them or and it's just a, it's just a very interesting uh video and i think he did a really really good job see and that's the thing too because and i mind you i love all the skating in the film um but uh he 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 can create like what you're talking about these spots that might not be a spot the way he films it the way the guy is doing the trick um there's just something there's something going on that's like deeper than like a simple simple topsail um he is a, just a master at at making his people look fucking fantastic I don't, I, it truly a cool piece. I, I I got a preview of the tape video too from Tony Cheetah. Um, he let me watch it once and then he deleted the link. But uh, no comparison in the two videos because they're so completely different. But I think Tony captures that idea as well, where it might not be like even though half the skating is like super progressive, super weird. Um, he also does just a great job of capturing like a crew vibe um and it really stood out like it it looked like i mean his video is 40 minutes long too and it looked like everyone was having so much fun uh like ritter junkie is up in it uh Moopy's clips stood out alex has some crazy shit going on in it um so yeah to to those two projects i am so impressed that both of them took uh time and patience to create them and you asked a uh, question earlier and about like our process and you know sometimes we have to meet deadlines because we have skate coming out and things like that Colin and I are a little bit more fast-paced with our work and you know I get envious sometimes of like these pro projects like these because they don't necessarily have like the expectations of when they need to come out with something so they really get to take the time, like the old school videos we grew up and loved. Mm. Um, you know, you, you never knew when the next one was dropping because people were taking their time. And um, so a completely different process, but one that should not be overlooked and one that should be respected. And I encourage people to take a time, take their time with a video project. And I mean, you'll have to compete with these two pieces. So uh, good luck. I hope that <laughs> sometime soon Colin and I could, you know, work on something that's maybe a little bit longer drawn out, I guess, but we'll see how it goes. We like putting out shit quick too. We, we skate a lot, so we're going to drop yeah. it. I feel, I feel like skating needs both, you know what I mean? But the fact that people are taking the time and putting it, that, that time into those longer projects is like, especially for like us as like skaters from that generation where we're used to seeing those longer projects. It's like, very important to see and um i didn't even know that tate was coming out with something but i'm i'm sure it's amazing i'm looking forward to that as well really yeah. cool it's like a uh like a like a sega dreamcast game hmm. gone gone skate video like really cool animations really fast funky music and obviously just good skating from everyone who was in it i i love these newer not newer but like I feel like there was a time where these longer format videos, like nobody was making them, right? It was just about the quick Instagram clips, maybe like a three minute edit on YouTube, whatever. But 
you see them more and more now. And I love them because there's so much more, in my opinion, like of an occasion. Maybe it brings back the nostalgia of us, like watching skate videos back mm-hmm. in the day. But like with Nemo's video, um, Plastic Pushers comes out every year. Like Sizemore makes his crew videos, which are relatively mm-hmm. long, like 30 minutes or something like that. Uh, I'm seeing them more and more. And I, I love this. That would be sick to see like some sort of Philly or basement related, at least like half hour, 40 minute type of thing where like everyone yeah. can sit down because usually those shorter videos, like you could watch on your phone, you could watch like on the go, whatever. And you kind of, it goes in one ear out the other. But when these longer videos, I make it an occasion. I know other people do too. Like I hear firsthand other people, like they sit down in front of the couch, they like eat dinner, like while they're watching the skate video. And that's kind of like a whole different experience than just watching a clip on your phone, you know? Uh, On the topic of Drew, he said to me once, I forget what project that I put out, but he was like, integrity, Sean, integrity. And (laughs) it's, it's stuck with me because, you know, I mean, Colin and I are always being super choosy with what clips end up in the final part of it. Um, We collect a lot because we skate a lot again, but it does come down to like, you don't want to rush a video project, um, especially if you're promoting something or a brand, Uh, you want the vibe to be right. And sometimes, you know, taking the time for the vibe to be right, makes it right. You know, I, I, I toyed with multiple different songs for my last part and ended up choosing something that was kind of completely out of my sound element because the vibe was right yeah yeah that's kind of fun though i like when that happens we did that me and you billy <laughs> a few times with your sections back in the day oh yeah I you don't remember? I remember uh truth no. too we truth too <laughs> oh yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah we did yeah, a few yeah, we yeah. did a few different edits for your uh section to see yeah and they were all completely different too um that's part I of the process though. that yeah, uh, no? totally. Yeah. Billy's yeah. original Truth 2 section was supposed to be to a Rage song, I believe. Uh, was it Rage? I forget what it was. But um, it was, it, then we ended up going with Master Ace. But um, yeah, that's kind of like... One. Truth 1. Truth 1. Okay, it was Truth 1. Um, but yeah, that's like uh, part of the, the joys of making those projects. And I feel like you could still take your time with it and spend like a year on a project and be able to also get that dopamine rush out by like posting Instagram clips throughout that time that maybe aren't as good or maybe just like once every month or something like that. So you could get those dopamine hits of just quick clips or quick edits here and there while still taking your time to film something that's like proper, not proper, but like a full length feature, you know? And that's what we were doing with bass them pretty much. Like I said, we had like the burner thing going on. We ended up making those like short real style uh, pieces of content for them skates um, in the midst of filming bass them. Um, but still, you know, posting clips and uh, burner skates or whatever it may be. Like, there's a, a way to collect and take time and be choosy, but still be able to promote yourself or promote your sponsor at the same time. Uh, Colin and I have fortunately found a good formula for that <laughs> that to work. <laughs> Probably because we live a block away from each other and we're just always trying to skate. So, lucky mm-hmm. me. that's the way to do it it. yeah um i wanted to ask you about like i I was listening to the mushroom blading podcast the most recent one with when colin was on it your brother and he said something that like you don't hear too much i don't think about skaters with their sections how like he tries to come up with a concept with his sections and the i forget what video it wasn't his last one but like he had 
a section where like he wanted to really focus on Christ grinds and like showcase that. And then like, he wanted to really focus on like thread the needle stuff and showcase that. And his latest one, I guess was more Cessolite related. Um, he seems to come up with those concepts all the time. Like your skating is super solid and you could pretty much do like everything. Do you ever like try to do a, a, a section and like, I'm going to focus on this aspect of my skating or skating in general to showcase per, per that edit? Good observation on Colin because he definitely was going for a theme that was Cess heavy with this last one. And Colin is uh, a different breed when it comes down to like filming video parts because he gets so laser focused into the idea that he's trying to say something um, with his like, we call it a time capsule, if you will, his part of that error. So um, yeah, he's a master at that. I not so much. I kind of just am like a freestyle dude. I really wanted to get as tech crazy as possible with this last thing. And um, obviously when you're in the moment and you're going out and you don't know what spots you're gonna find that day, you're, you're gonna see something that might just catch your eye. But I, I was focused on some tech heavy switch ups. Uh, you'll see them in the video, the ender. Uh, the switch up around the curve ledge amongst a bunch of other things I got going on. Mm-hmm. So tech, tech heavy. I think that's been my focus for, for quite some time uh, in recent years. No, yeah, I, I, I love the tech heavy approach. It's always something. And that's the thing that impresses me that it's always, you're still coming up with maneuvers that I haven't seen before and always something new. And yeah, and obviously like not only on like your on pains and all this stuff, but everything from like reflect was just like out of control, just like brand new stuff. The sweaty up to like full cab kind grind down, even like, like, you know, some ideas are really poignant. When you go to like the spots, do you like have an idea in mind or do you just come up with it? Like when you're there? Uh, the ender spot where I'm skating those rails that we were, unable to skate for so many years. It was a pretty uh, bad project on the outskirts of Temple University. Uh, They are probably torn down by now. So anyway, they got um, completely emptied out. The place became abandoned. um, And I had been doing those true fish switch top horn tricks like on Payne's or like at Ethan Brown. And I had written down in my notes to to go there and do that trick. Um, So some of it's planned out a lot of it isn't uh the fakie torque uh fish backslide true mock torque fish we had to go there four times for me to get that and not because i couldn't do it it was just pouring rain every single time even on the the one i land in the park uh, you can see how wet it is there um so some things are planned some things are freestyle some things are environmental um environmental being the basketball hoop that was broken down um that's like a school right behind me in the neighborhood and i was driving my girlfriend's house one day and i saw it and i was like what the heck and i pulled over and i climbed up it and i looked down it's like super steep and i was like all right this isn't going to be here that long so i probably have a couple of weeks to handle this Definitely. one mm-hmm. um and it's gone now obviously they took that uh obstacle out of there is probably a hazard for kids in the schoolyard but yeah things like that dude say so, hey, those are the best spots that uh 
like you do your tricks and they're gone and like no one could ever replicate them again or do anything close to it again. And you kind of like had your moment there. That was kind of it. Did any, I remember you posted about those rails that you did your ender on for the last edit, the little rails with the grass on it. Did anybody get those rails out? Did you ever get them? You wanted to we save had them, a, did you? We had a crew. We were thinking about trying to save them, but the amount of work seemed pretty crazy. I had a guy who could cut. I had a guy who could transport. And then we had the guy in the chat too, who actually built the pains rail. So, <clears throat> which was funded by bladers, by the way. So shout out to the pains rail, the famous one. Um, but no, we did not take them. It's the last time I checked to see if it was still there. It was all boarded up with gates. The rails were still there, but you just couldn't get in. Um, probably gone, mm -hmm. but we got, enough, that... we got enough slide. We got enough slider bars around for days. Yeah. So good. <laughs> you're saying, you're saying the, the slider bar that you skate at pains was funded by bladers. Yes. yes. How did that happen? Uh, there was like a, I'm not a Facebook member, but there was a, there used to be a thing like roll Philly on Facebook. Um, and there was a South Philly native guy who, I guess it was probably his idea to put a rail in and he just set up like one of those, maybe it was a GoFundMe, maybe it was just like a separate bank account or something, a PayPal, but we all donated to it. Um, and then he made it happen. Blader built, Blader funded. Crazy. You, you, you would think that at like a, a skate park, like all the obstacles there were like provided by the city, but yeah. Um, just like one, a, a blader showed up and like was like, no, we need like this rail yeah. here. That's sick. And then made uh, it happen. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That concept. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even sure if they got permission either. Cause like pains is a foundation. Um, I don't know if they just went in there and started breaking through the ground and put it in there or if they did get approval, I'd have to figure Who's that gonna out. Who's going to stop them? Nobody. Exactly. I mean, either way, they did a great like, job, and and I, I don't yeah. I don't even think short of the people who like built the park, you wouldn't even be able to tell that it was an addition. It it like fits into like every aspect of the park, like even the material of the rail seems to like <laughs> yeah. fit in with the other metal materials at the at the skate park. But uh, yeah, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's gotta be funny for like. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like. What, what are you saying, Sean? He's late. I was just gonna say I feel like half the time we go we we go there and we just swarm. Am I delayed? You were, but I think you're back. Hello? You're good. Cool. All good. You shoot, Austin. I was just going to say, it's probably Billy brought up that, that concept where I was like, that is pretty funny that this is whole park and Payne's is massive too. One of the biggest parks I've ever been to. And like for workers or whoever is in charge there, like they walk by and like, nope, this wasn't good enough. These kids still need to add something in and make something in there. And I've been wanting <laughs> to do that at the graveyard too. Like, all of us here in Staten Island are wanting to add more stuff there, but it's it's a lot of work. So the fact that you guys or whoever was involved did that is awesome to see that because, um, you know, it's always cool. No matter how long you skate a spot, you're always going to want something different. There's something new, something to freshen it up, and that's a good way of doing that. Yeah, and I feel like every time we uh, we go to Paines, we almost just like swarm around the rail now. We don't even experience the rest of the park. <laughs> that, that's how it was for those Tuesday night skates. We would go there and skate just half the park. And I remember like after the third or fourth time, I'm like, damn, we got to skate the whole other part of the park. Like there's so yeah, much shit yeah. here. Um, that park fine, is so fine tune our other capabilities. <laughs> yeah, you guys have everything mastered. So no matter what part of the park you, you skate, you're going to master it no matter what. 
But that aspect of the park is really good, though. They have everything there, like not only the rail, but like the benches and the jump on the bench. So that, like, you know, they have everything there. So I think that's a good area to get stuck at. Like the other stuff is kind of the kink rails, like the, the, the kink ledge, the double set. It's kind of like, I don't know, more street y. The other one's more like yeah. plaza y, you know? But yeah. I got yep. your back, man. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about music really quick. Um, I know you, sure. b- b- before this, you said it's been um, a while since you've been doing your music, but let's talk about a bit about your music and then uh, music as it relates to skate videos and what you like. So how has it been with your music making? Um, thank you for asking, because it's kind of one of those like little hobbies that I've been doing for over a decade that I still don't feel like I'm that good at. So I I like that aspect of it because I feel like I'm constantly learning. Um, I definitely have a pretty specific music taste, which which comes down to like, you're like a funk style, like based off of like three, six mafia, kind of almost like horror trap. Um, So that's the kind of the the stuff that I am uh, making currently. I uh, met a, NYC Blader, who now lives uh, in Florida, um, we are working on a little collab project. Um, he goes by Dat Shabir uh, on Instagram. Uh, really cool dude. He's been teaching me a lot. So it's fun to like come back to the basics like it was when I was learning skating and just like kind of gromming out and just like absorbing everything I can from this guy. So, That's so, uh, so yeah, quick. I'm a noob kind of even though i've been doing it for so long i don't know i feel like 10 years is like that's that's the, that's like the base you need in like any practice like i feel like five th- three to five years like anything like skating you know music is like where you start getting like okay i know how to like use these instruments better and then 10 years is like when you're like okay I'm, i've been in this for a minute and then anything after that just goes to like levels of mastery you know uh, right. Wow, it, then, it, then, it then comes to like idea generation at that point, like you've gotten good at it. Like now, how can you like refine your style and become something different or something that makes you unique in like the oversaturated world of music where there's a billion people making the same kind of sound, even though the sound that I'm into is pretty underground, there's still tons of tons of music coming out in that world. So what makes you feel like a noob after you've been doing something for 10 years? Because Billy made a good point, too, about like after maybe three to five years, something like that, you, you kind of like hit a point, you reach a level. But 10 years is pretty long. And I say that because I relate to it as well. I was thinking about my drumming um, the other day and I've been playing drums for a, I don't remember exactly how long, I'll say at least 15 years or plus years. But I still also feel like a noob on the drums a lot of the time. And I'm like, how long can you play or do something before you actually get like that comfortable or feel that experience in something and you've been skating forever you there's no way you would call yourself a noob in in skating and and 10 years is a long time think about your skating if you were skating at 10 years at whatever your point was in 10 years you definitely weren't a noob at all like you were killing it probably sponsored you might even have like signature products at that point too um what makes you feel like a noob in music compared to other aspects of life well, that's a good question, especially in comparison to skating. Like, I mean, think of like the first time I started editing, it was probably truth too. 
uh, I was mm -hmm. editing, I was learning from you, I was learning from Torres. And uh, I mean, it took me a while to get good at editing. So in relation to music, like, yeah, you can make a track, but can you then master it? Can you make all the frequencies sound good together? And that is where I'm at. I'm trying to come up with this sound and then make it all come together, like orchestrate it. Uh, you can take a look at Nemo's video, like, or excuse me, Andrew, uh, <laughs> a, a beautifully mastered project. Like that is uh, fine tuned to the T. There's like nothing to pick apart from it. So in the sense of like uh, comparing it to video production, like I feel like I've gotten pretty, pretty good. Like I've developed the style with editing. Um, I love editing audio in our skate videos. So I feel like I've developed my style and fine tuned that. Um, but I am nowhere near good at refining sound for like the beats that I'm making. Like I got the ideas down, I can lay it on paper, but they're not perfect yet. So I feel like a noob sometimes. Do, do you ever do this? Like, do you ever, when you're like, when, when you're filming a section and you're making a song, do you like think about your skating to the song in the section and like have that come into like the creative process when making the music? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, for this last part, I thought I was going to skate to something entirely different. Um, but I, I, again, it just didn't work. Like I was looking at myself to the sound and I it's just like this, this isn't right. And I kind of also overdid it. I feel like for the last like couple years, I've been skating to a very similar sound. And I read in this one interview in regards to someone who was putting out um, skate parts that if you skate to the same sound constantly, your skating can come off one noted. And that was super inspired and super inspiring to like switch it up. Also, my girlfriend was like, I'll give you unlimited cheekles if you skate to this song. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just blew my mind with, with a few things that you said right there. But I want to like take it chronologically. That first one um, about like if you skate to the same what was it? If you skate to the same type of music, it's the same, same comes out the same sound. That is very interesting. Um, I, I feel like I always picture certain people skating to like a certain style of music all the time. And even like every day, everybody kind of feels is out now because you make Instagram reels and you add music to it on Instagram. You could pick whatever music you want pretty much. And a lot of times when I try to pick my own music for my reels, I get stuck into like one genre of music that kind of I feel fits either my skating style or how it's filmed and then I switch it up. Like one of my last reels, I use a completely different style of music and I'm like, I kind of like it, but it's so different that it kind of just almost turned me off a little bit, but I still went with it anyway. And do you think people skating could go different ways? Like if you re-edited your last reflect edit to a completely different song, like how you wanted to do like a rock song or something like that, do you think it would work? You think you'd be able to edit it to that style of music and make it and pull it off or no? I, I, I I don't know. I think I could edit it to like a three six track and make it look pretty pretty decent, uh, or like the music that I'm listening to, uh, like all the SoundCloud artists that I love and listen to constantly. Um, but that part was really hard for me to edit to. 
like just that alone. And I didn't give like uh, many different genres a chance um, when editing that. It was like, all right, you're either skating to this like dark horror Memphis sound that I'm always skating to, or here's this song. And I had it edited and it looked good. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes it, you just get lucky. You like roll the dice and uh, I thought it, I thought it worked for me, which was rare because I like was super insecure about using that song. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it. Yeah, it definitely worked. And um, it, yeah, like your style of skating now, like more recently, I guess it's the same style of music generally for a lot of your recent stuff. And that's how I always picture your skating now, but like I'm thinking back on it and you used to skate to like all sorts of hip hop, you used to skate to in the beginning Philly videos, you used to skate to like punk rock music because that's what Majet used to use in his videos and stuff too. So it's, yeah. it's like interesting seeing the transition of like your beginning day skating to like punk rock music to like hip hop. And now what would the genre call now that you would make your music? Like, what do you call that? Um, it's called in the world. It's called funk P H O N K. Okay. Um, there's like a boss overlord leader who has like YouTube channels that play 24 seven. His name is Ryan Celsius. Uh, he calls himself the funk overlord. He's like the leader of the underground movement in that world. And he is so articulate in the way he speaks and the way he, like I've listened to interviews of this guy. Uh, he is so innovative in the way he showcases the sound and there's something that I'm probably attracted to that goes along with that. Like if you go to his like YouTube channel, you'll be watching like old cartoons, like in loop, or it could be like his trapping in Japan series where you're just in a car, like moving through the streets of Japan at night. And when you're listening to it, you're, you're like almost feeling the vibe. Um, so he's uh, a leader in that world of like exposing new artists and where I get a lot of inspiration from musically. So he's a great dude. You know, I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to, in this, uh, there's a couple of like kind of abstract questions I want to ask you, but th- this one is one I'm curious about, especially since we were touching on, uh, you know, things you like with Tate and, and Brain God, and now we're talking about music. And again, we've begun with fashion. Out of these top four things in a, an escape project, whether it be edit, or full video piece what do you think is the one through four priority one being the most important and significant thing and then all the way down to four being the last between the skating itself the videography um the music and um fashion. hold on sorry and the fashion yeah like what do you all like right. the, the, so like i'm curious what you think is like number one and and because I like obviously there's different priorities and in, in different projects and, and different things. So I'm, I'm curious and I'm, it's obviously always subject to change, but I'm, I'm curious where you're at now. So I would do uh, a, a great disrespect to Mr. Rawlinson if I didn't go with looks <laughs> first because I'm rocking, you know, this classic New York shit. Um, yeah, you got to look cool. You got to play the part. Uh, and everybody has their own idea of what looks cool to them. So I appreciate all different kinds of uh, fashion uh, in skating. Everyone, t- to me, it's pretty cool. Um, 
I mean, you look at a video like Bebus and specifically I'm thinking of that guy's soils part, crazy fashion, crazy song. Right. Looked, looked amazing. And he might not be like your most um, advanced technical skater or hammer skater or anything like that, but that dude, he looked cool. So look, number mm -hmm. one, um, filming a strong number two. Uh, I am very particular with how things are filmed. Um, Colin is awesome at it. Uh, I think we do a good job and I don't think we're necessarily inspired by anything that we see because like, I don't watch like a lot of other action sports films, um, particularly. Uh, I think we just have been holding a camera for 30 years. So we just like have this, like, I, I almost, it's like second nature on how to capture Colin. And yeah, I think that it's second nature for him to capture me as well. And there's this trust and this bond that we've developed um, that has just gotten almost just better with every project, in my opinion. For sure. So filming. Um, obviously, I think skating will be three. Uh, just because, I mean, skating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then music. Like, we just went over, um, you know, you can come off one noted if you skate to the same thing. So switch it up. Uh, you know, I could probably try and skate to a, as many different genres as possible. And if those three things that led into the last part of the music were sound, I think I could make it work. I love that. I love your perspective on that. And um, I think I, I have to, I have to admit like it, it, it comes off that way and I agree in that way. And um, it's actually making me self-conscious right now. I got to get on my fashion <laughs> game, bro. <laughs> but it's, it, it's true. Like Rawlinson said back in the day, I think it was hoax five, you know, mm -hmm. you, you look good, you skate good. You know, you only skate as good as you look. Yeah. And that's the one. so that's, uh, I, I, I love that, that mentality behind it. And yeah, I, I think when you change the focus or it you can see within each video and within each project, what the focus is and what each element can do when it becomes the focus and how it can like get across the screen to different people in different ways and have different effects and emotional reactions to, to everything like that. So yeah, I think that's cool. I really liked your answer. Yeah. Colin, um, my last trick in the reflect part, since it's the most recent, I'm just going to go back to it. Uh, my, my ender trick, I, the camera was like out of focus and it just like brilliantly worked out this way and when i come into focus i had ramp slow mode this whole thing like the whole intro of the skate up like i used it from the very beginning of the clip like i didn't cut anything and when it comes into focus you can see how ironically focused i was i had been trying that trick i think it was like 104 times till i landed it Whoa. uh but there was like he wasn't on my skates he wasn't really on my gear it's like head shot up and I look insanely crazy focused <laughs> and uh, there's, there's something special about that. Like if it was filmed any different way, I don't know if it would have like hit the same, you know? No, definitely like that. For me, like those, 
moments in skate videos, especially when I was younger, are like the most impactful moments. The uh, the moments where like you can see like the emotion happening because that's the thing that kind of, despite the you know medium, whether it be skating, music, BMXing, you, you know, b-boying, whatever, that like emotional thing is the thing we all share. And then when you see someone connect through that medium in what they do and their craft and what they do, and then have that emotional connection, it's something that everyone can relate to you know the intensity of a moment in in skating the focus like the all that stuff i think is the thing that captivates people who aren't already like engaged and captivated in the sport so um to be able to capture that on film and then highlight it like with music and like also like the videography that is able to capture that is um yeah it's that that's when that's when you hit the peak because that's what like you're going for you know so yeah i think that's what we're all going for that's cool yeah and so I, I kind of prefer long shots over fisheyes for most skating stuff. Obviously, fisheye, you need it for a lot of things to like look really cool or double angles. But as I like matured in life and in skating, I've leaned more towards longer lens shots compared to fisheye because you see so much more of like the run up and everything like that, unless you're a follow cam. But more of the run up, you get the tight shots of the skates, the look on the person's face, little details, even stuff in the background, like. Philly's known for the hood babies. You got all the hood babies in the background, you know? So it's, yeah. uh, you get a lot more out of those long shots. And that's like a uh, shout out to Butter TV. Um, when I filmed my last edit with him, I was like hyped for JP because he does a more long shot than fisheye stuff. And I was, that was something I was looking for when I made that edit with JP. And I, I love seeing that more and more in skate videos, especially when it's done properly like that which that was a fire edit by the way and he did a really good job but i agree with you 100 percent um we i used to be so fisheye heavy like you know freak the point three and i'm just after you said that I'm, I'm like curious to where the transition had occurred to where like long lens has become like this more like almost like fashionable way to shoot and i gotta think like maybe it's because like when we're playing around and people are shooting with phones, like you almost get used to this, like uh, whole long style lens of how you're shooting with the phone. So it's like, maybe there was some sort of like unspoken transition with technology that has adapted our eyes to enjoy seeing long lens more than fisheye. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. And as I was saying it also, I realized that you haven't made like a fish eyes, a fish guys video in a while. And our last conversation that we had on the podcast, we also talked about the transition of like filming with filming, skating with phones for like Instagram stuff, as opposed to just uploading a regular mm -hmm. camera trick 16 by 16 by nine on a, a phone. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. Like subliminally, we noticed that we attract to the long lens stuff, film with the phone and probably that transitions over to how you film your seriously your serious skating stuff too. Uh, I want to ask sure. you one thing about the music too, because you're such a heavy music guy. You have so many roots in the game. Do you have a skate video that had like your favorite soundtrack of any kind? Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, this will date me, but I mean, going back to like the early VGs is like what I actually told this story the other day. It was, um, I'm a huge Dilla fan. Um, and one of the first songs that I heard in a skate video was like, I mean, the roots were in it, um, far side, the song run in. So like, I remember that connections part in, 
um, I forget if it was VG3 or VG4, uh, but that song was in it. And I didn't find out till probably the time when I got into making music that it was like Dilla produced all this stuff. And well, not all this stuff, that song by Farside, particularly running, we all know it. Um, so I would have to just say like all those old VGs or what like kind of, um, you know, inspired me towards the, the hip hop and then later on, you know, finding out, you know, who's producing this. So, yeah. VG4, Tribe Called Quest, John Julio. I mean, like, you're talking classic stuff. Yeah, I figured you were going to go somewhere in that direction uh, with skate videos. Uh, Billy, do you have a, do you, any soundtracks from skate videos stand out in your mind? Because I feel like we all just used to reference songs in skate videos back in the day. And even now, I think on Spotify, there are some skate video playlists, which I find really cool. Like, you could go on Spotify and type in, like, I don't know which ones exactly, but like Brain Fear Gone and the Brain Fear Gone playlist will pop up and you can like listen to all the songs. I think it's like pretty cool. Um, Billy, did you have any ones that stood out in your mind? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, like for me, like the memories of old skate music, especially from like back in the day, kind of remind me of things that were like good music and things that are like bad that I don't really like as music. Like, you know, so like. I think of like old Sublime, old 311, sometimes from like the hoax two things. But I also think of like quests like the Alcoholics and Farside mm -hmm. and these like um, California hip hop groups from that era that I really wasn't too familiar with being from New York City. Like, especially like it was just heavy East Coast, you know, rap hip hop and and like getting exposed to it, like through the skate videos, like, you know, Dave Payne, VG stuff, like introducing like Dave Payne's, like, obviously his brother was a DJ. We talked about it when we had Dave on. So all that stuff kind of reminds me of uh, the nostalgic skate video stuff. But today I just, it's, it's different sounds and different musics will remind me of different uh, crews. You know, if I hear like Slayer, I'll think of Carlos and, and if I if I hear like you know Tupac I'll th or like Trick Daddy I'll think of like Richard you know, Frank <laughs> or Frankie or Omar something like that. So yeah. there's like yeah. music that's associated with certain people, and uh, it's harder to do that with Basement uh, and Sean and Colin because they've kind of used such a wide variety of music. Like I was a big fan of when obviously I mentioned it last time, but the the typo negative. Uh, application in your last stuff at being like from New York and like them, those guys being from Brooklyn and Staten Island. And yeah. um, so I like, I, I liked that. That was a cool change. And I like when it's not predictable, like when things aren't predictable and it, it's, it surprises you like the, Oh moments. Like a lot of that came up in your skating in the section and reflect like when you have like those super tech switch ups and something comes out that you don't expect. So um or even just like the continuation of going all the way back to fish brain from the half cab front torque fish brain and going all the way around. So like, yeah, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how the, uh, music aspect plays such a large part of the nostalgia that a lot of us older bladers have and can relate to, you know, um, for sure. Truthfully, we've said it before, but like the old skate videos curated, like the soundtrack to my life almost. I mean, right. it put me on to everything that I'm interested in to this day. So, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to think that now you're like a part of the creation process, like in some capacity, you could be doing that for new skaters who are like getting turned on to like their first skate videos being, you know, might be basement videos, you know, and then just like having that, have an emotional connection with them. And then that being something that they associate with rollerblading for years to come. It's interesting to think That's about. so true. So, yeah. so, so true. Yeah. You got, we, we kind of touched on it on the last episode too, but like to ha- come out with like basement soundtracks of some sort or like vinyls or something like that of like soundtracks to like your guys escape videos to i'm sure a lot of people just like to listen to it anyway but it kind of like solidifies that aspect of what you do and how important that is to skating i think that'd be like a cool little touch to basement's flair i always try to upload the soundtracks to uh, my soundcloud so people can download them or just stream them um i've gotten flagged a couple times um for a couple of recent projects, but they, it, it's basically just like a ghost um, computer system that was reading a sample and they read it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. They were saying that uh, this three, six mafia track was a suicide boys song, which I recently found out that suicide boys did get sued for using that sample by three, six. So I'm sure that has something to do with why I got flagged for it. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem with music nowadays too, especially with technology, with YouTube and everything like that. Everything gets flagged unless you have the rights to it, but then you got to use like a different kind of music that like, I don't know, people might not like, or you have to be an original artist of some sort. So I I see the the problems with all that stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sean, so in a a little bit, we're going to get into um, some of these Patreon questions. People were very excited to have you on. So we have a few lined up. We're going to touch in a few in the group chat, not too many. Um, but before we get into that, um, I have I have a I have cut another one of those kind of uh, abstract questions for you. Um, so on the on the last episode, we had a prediction for what could happen in the future of blading 2024, but also beyond that. As someone who's been involved for so many years, I believe we've talked about this before, but I feel like the perspective on this always changes as blading is ever changing. What do you foresee with, uh, especially in light of like all the different skate videos and different presentations being brought forth. And like, after all these years, we're still seeing new takes and new perspectives and new approaches to skating and how we prioritize the tricks that we do. Where do you see the future of skating going? Um, I guess, and it's up to you how you want to answer. You could, it could be the near future or the far future, but what do you see as the future ahead? Well, I want to love that question because there are so many different styles of skating that I love and appreciate. I tend to stick to more of a, um, I mean, I'll get a little funky here and there and mix it in, but I do, I would say I have more of like a standard uh, approach to skating. I might um, escalate my ability a little bit much to take the standard to a little bit above standard sometimes. Um, But and again, I appreciate all the nuances and all the new stuff and the new ideas that are coming out. Um, probably, especially with the advancement of technology, new wheels, new frames, whatever it might be that, you know, help facilitate that kind of skating. Um, I see it moving and maybe this might be just cause I like a more standard approach. Um, But I do see like maybe more of like the classic uh, style of skating coming back, you know, like the finesse, um, more 
And that's something like, for instance, John Julio could watch him do a top soul all day long. Um, and I'm not saying something so simplistic of just a top soul. I'm saying more of like, you know, like these are the tricks that we can do on these skates. We're going to do them. Um, and again, this is just my idea. Like, I still think people are forever going to get funky with the new ideas. I see this crazy footwork that's happening. Um, but maybe that'll just like be looked at as a fad. Maybe it won't be, maybe it will be cringy a year or two or three from now. Um, and not that I think that way. I don't think it's cringy. I won't look back and think that, um, any kind of, uh, different stylistic approach to skating would be cringy. Um, but maybe it will just kind of flatten out a little bit and come back to the basics, maybe elevated basics, kind of like what I'm trying to do a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to say, uh, a, a, first of all, it's a great answer. And part of me really agrees with, uh, with that watching a lot of the, I mentioned it on the last episode, but watching the the Japanese skaters approach of uh, just like it's such a good blend of what's happening now, what's traditional, and what's that traditional style and swag that we all really loved from like Brian Jaggers or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like that perfect name to mention. Th yeah. That kind of like um care put into each trick instead of just like looking like you want to get the trick over with it's just like each like you really want to be there <laughs> like during each trick but yeah. um yeah so um i think i think that's a good i think that's a good answer and yeah i just because it was our last uh, episode where we kind of went into that i thought it'd be fun to ask you that as well it it kind of even comes back to the the question that you were asking me of like why i feel like a noob in music and it's because like i can't I can't like master my tracks yet. I'm not like uh, technologically uh, capable of doing that yet just because I don't understand it. Now, maybe, you know, coming back to this, you mentioned Brian Jaggers, like dude mastered the sweaty. You could watch him sweaty that long rail with the big dome like all day long. <laughs> um, so it's like, yeah, that uh, mastering a traditional approach uh, blending in some of the new stuff that's going on in little ways. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. I mean, kind of bringing it back to the basics a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that's you on that stuff. too. I had a lot of similar thoughts, but I think it'll spring another hour long conversation. And we have lots of people who have questions for you, Sean, in the, in the chat and on Patreon. But before we even do that, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a giveaway for everybody here. So thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Create Originals, who sponsored this episode. And Sean just released his Reflect Frame with Create Originals. So they decided to give away a pair of frames for all of you. And we're doing it a little different this time. We, we're going to have some fun with this. So... Here is, oh, that's not Sean's frame. That's Sean's frame right there. So if you go to jumpstreetpodcast.com for the next week, we have uh, a quiz about Sean, Create Originals, Jump Street, all this fun stuff. It's a 10-question quiz. Um, we had some fun making it. So all you have to do is go to jumpstreetpodcast.com, fill out the quiz, take the quiz, have some fun with it. 
enter your email and name at the end and just submit it. So everybody will be entered for a chance to win a pair of these beautiful Create Originals Sean Kelso Reflectio frames. You have seven days to do it. Anybody in the world uh, can win. There's no skill or anything like that skill level. So it doesn't matter about like posting a, a, a trick. Yeah, it doesn't matter like posting a trick or anything like that. It's nice and easy. Also, you don't have to score 100 on the quiz. Just take the quiz. Even if you get none of them right, you're still entered to win. But you have to take the entire quiz to um, actually enter your email and name for uh, a chance to win. So check that out. Head to jumpstreetpodcast.com whenever you're done with this or whenever you have a chance to in the next seven days. Enter and then we will announce the winner at random on the next episode. And I believe it should be live now if you check on the jumpstreetpodcast.com website. Yep, it is. So check it out now. Thank you to Create Originals for doing that. It's awesome. We love having giveaways. We love um, involving everybody. Have some fun with this uh, quiz. And yeah, we'll announce the winner on the next episode. You excited, Sean? <laughs> I am. Uh, I mean, I always tell this to the Create guys. They've been supporting me since it's one of the questions on the quiz that I would probably get wrong. But since whenever Create started, they've been supporting me. Um, You're ruining the questions. If, if just one, <laughs> if they weren't, if they weren't supporting me, I'd still skate Create frames because I think that they are the best frame, and I mean that. I've told them that, so it's the truth. Uh, I hope that someone maybe who hasn't tried creates um, gets them, but I would also be really happy if a create supporter ended up with them as well. Yeah. Anybody has a chance to win. And um, I was talking with the create guys earlier or the other day when we were talking about this, having this giveaway and they mentioned like the concepts that you guys had about like the process that you ended up on the reflect frame and they actually sent me one of the prototype ideas that you had for the frames. So I actually have them right here to. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> to match your tattoos. And I have a mock-up of the ad right there. With, with the... <laughs> Dude. All right. Who are better? Right. Who are better? Very, very good. Uh, I feel like a big, a big dork right now. Yeah, but right. Good job. <laughs> okay, Billy will be back, but I, we have Patreon questions and everything here. I just had the uh, the Mark Moreno stickers here, and I'm like, this is perfect. It lines up perfectly with um, your tattoos and everything. So I hope I, I didn't uh, make I, you too. Uh, no, they hit me up. They hit me up about a uh, frame. My my girlfriend's an artist, and she does like really cool um, uh, dark work. I guess I could say like she's kind of. Uh, like the tattoo version of the music that I listen to, basically. <laughs> so like my first thought was, all right, I'll get a frame, I'll get her to do some art. Um, but I'm like pretty simple as far as like, I mean, I'll make a loud flashy setup. I don't really want like crazy colors or crazy patterns on my skates necessarily. Um, and I was just like, well, what if it was going to reflect? Kyle could stick the fisheye in there and maybe we'll like catch some reflection or something, which I've seen in some of the clips. Um, but I just, and I was like, I'm so attracted to solo frames at the same time. So I was like, all right, well, this is like a, a not cheaper, but like a version of that look. And uh, it's plain, it's simple. There's no art on it. Uh, so shout outs to Create for making my vision come through. 
Yeah, they're awesome. Super unique frame too. It'd be cool if even somebody like drew on the reflective part of it, like with a Sharpie, like someone who's an artist. That could look really cool too. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's get into these Patreon questions. There's so many here. We usually do three. Maybe we'll do four, depending on how the chat is, because there's so many in here. You guys went off on Patreon, but let's kick it off with this first one from Patrick O'Sullivan, who asked, what is his favorite trick from all his sections in 2023? Uh, sweaty three sweaty, sweaty three, <laughs> three true KG, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. that was, it was, it was random. Colin and I showed up. Um, I was like, you know, you know, film this. And I was like, just front siding up it. And then I was like, all right, film this. And I like tried to torque and I was like, oh, that looks so bad. And then, um, put the camera down for a second. I tried sweaty up it. And then I just went to sweaty up it and tried to spin as far as I could go. And the rail had this bounce to it. And I ended up spinning so high and spinning 360 that I saw the rail down there. And I was like, okay, that idea came into fruition. Um, And I did it second try. Um, I wasn't happy with the uh, landed trick. So I tried it again for like another hour. Um, But I ended, I ended up using the second try one. My foot did like a slight, you can barely notice it, like a slight movement inside the H block on the back foot. And me being the picky person I am and being that I did it second try, I was like, oh, I can I can get this better. But traffic got intense. Um, skating across that busy ass road was not fun. So that is my favorite trick. Dude, it's, it's, it's so funny when you land something like hard, like first, second, third try. It's like you feel like you almost have to keep doing like it's like you find a problem. It's like mm-hmm. you you feel like you didn't have to like and then like you look back at it and you're like, wait, that's awesome. What what am I doing? Yeah. 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 That's funny. Cool. Yeah. Uh next Patreon question is from Too Easy, who says the first time I ever filmed Sean was in San Francisco when we were filming for the Brain Dead video on the orange bench. Later I found out that the clip got leaked through Google Maps car. And uh, Google Maps car with the approach and the trick were caught on camera and posted on the web. Uh, was there ever another time a clip has been leaked of yours while out filming a project? That's a crazy story, by the way. I never heard of that before. So that is a crazy story. What's up, Greg? Hope all is well. Um, what, a, what a good dude. What a great filmer. Uh, his projects are awesome. Um, there had we had a couple uh, leaks for the basement skate when no one knew that it was coming out. And I we were at the uh, spot where I did that fakey torque uh, fish all the way around, and this was like months and months and months and months before when we were filming base them. Um, but I get a call from Julio, and Julio's like, "Yo, yo, your boy just posted the skates," and I was like, "What?" And our our friend Tyler Knight, uh, he went to take a picture of us just rub bricking. Be like made this spot and blasted it into like Cali cement basically. And uh, he didn't even notice, but Colin's skates were like there in the background. Um, but yeah, quickly deleted. So not any tricks, but we had two scares with the, the skates leaking. Uh, one, I filmed a clip of uh, Parker at Whitehall and I did, it was me filming and I'm filming him uh, Roland style with the, uh, the iPhone. And my skates are like clearly in the background of the clip. Someone sniped it, posted it on Facebook. 
So we had a couple scares there. I've never, never that's, tough. that's tough to be on top of, but yeah, but yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced that before. It's not fun. I remember I was like DMing dudes. I was like, they're like, what is this? It looks like creamish pink, like salmon. I was like, <laughs> I was like, mm, no, nah, those are Ritters. Like they're just, the, the color was wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's a filter. <laughs> that would have been a good excuse too. I'm glad you mentioned that one too. Cause I remember people were wondering like, is that on purpose? Like, cause some people leak shit intentionally. Um, yeah. but I, I completely forgot about that, but, uh, thanks Tyler for the leak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question is from Nathan Bentley who says, Sean, you are obviously a methodical skater with an intensely clear vision. My question is two parts relating to your process and product. First, how many of your keeper clips have an element of improvisation? And second, how has the way you skate been impacted by your role, both as a filmer and producer? Ooh, heavy one. Um, improv. I mean, I'm trying to just think of my most recent stuff. Uh, it depends because sometimes like, I'll just be like skating for fun. Like, uh, I don't even want to talk about pains around anymore. I'm so tired of it. But like, um, when filming a clip, improv i mean i guess that sweaty was kind of improv because like i said i'd Colin out um you know filming me doing some whack front side up it and i was like trying to torque i was like how can i make this thing look cool i didn't go there with any intention of sweaty three true kg whatever you want to call it so there's your improv uh answer right there it kind of depends on spot base there was also a trick from that part where i do the 360 fish on the wall rail to switch alley fish avoiding that weird uh, sign that was sticking out. Um, I was filming a completely different trick there. I was doing a line and we were just reviewing it. I was like, what am I doing? I was like kind of trying to do something a little bit too basic and just kind of like stay it out. And uh, I said to Khan, I was like, hold on, give me, give me a couple minutes. Let me like figure something out that's going to be a little bit wild for this. And I just started toying with that 360 fish brain. Um, I was doing it to Ali Macchio at first and I was like, this isn't hard enough. This isn't hard enough. So I started toying with it and switch Ali fish. And then I was like, all right, Kyle, we're good to go. Let's start filming. So yeah, uh, spot based improv- improvisation. Um, I mentioned before on the cast, I do have some notes um, when filming of like tricks that I do want to complete, but um going out skating is like rolling the dice, man. It's uh, you never know what spot you're going to end up. You never know what's going to catch your eye or your mood that day. So uh, a lot of it is freestyle based unless the spot is, you know, on your radar. Um, sorry, I forget the next question. Uh, next one was, uh, how has the way you skate been impacted by your role as a filmer and producer? Um, Whoops. Uh, so uh, Ritter always uh, likes to compliment me on my last piece that I made because he was like, oh, it was perfect. It was like not lots of crazy editing. And I, I had a laugh to myself because it's like, I mean, that's kind of the way I approach sometimes. I'm loud with like gear, um, the gear that I rock, or I'm loud with uh, the amount of like tech shit that I want to like fit into one part. Uh, my music is loud and sometimes obtrusive and heavy bassy and littered with all different kinds of samples. Um, 
So sometimes like uh, maybe I crowd things up a lot sometimes. Uh, maybe that's my style. Maybe that's my approach is like to do a lot in one thing. I like maybe that. Need I, I like maybe that. Maybe need to simplify it a little bit. Yeah, we have, well, we usually do three questions for Patreon. I'm going to do one more just because it's been asked a couple of times to Patreon and in the chat as well. But Michael Garlinghouse, along with Al DeLega and in the live chat, Alex and Michael Fromling all want to know what you are filming with now because people saw your uh, camera for sale and don't know what you're shooting with now. So people have a lot of questions about the gear. Um, I, I, I hope people, I, at first I was like, oh, I don't want to post the, my old camera in the store because I want people to ask questions and know what I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, I would like to motivate people to use uh, good camera gear and film their homies and make good projects. There's tons of great cameras out there. I just got one that fits my needs that I am a 10 out of 10 on. And it is the Canon XF605. I'm obsessed with it. It's like the perfect skate camcorder, in my opinion, um, from the audio thud to um, the way the fisheye comes onto the front. I mean, it's simple, it's basic, and it's everything that we like as far as like pulling the camera out and getting to work. As far as like filming skating goes, you're not attaching a billion things. Like that's not how we do it. That's not how we never ever did it. Um, Canon, you can give me uh, royalties on that plug. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, yeah, it would be nice. Uh, but yeah, we moved away. The our last two parts were half and half. So half of it was shot on the Panasonic uh, CX350, and then half of it was on the Canon XF605. Uh, I think I paired them pretty nicely as far as um, making a match and look like it was one camera. Uh, the Panasonic had crazy focus issues, um, both fisheye and long. Audio sounded like a tin can. So um, I was always a Panasonic user. Um, besides the GL back in the day, but there's the answer. Great camera. Very cool. Uh, there's some super chats in here. I'm going to just throw up real quick, Billy, before we get into the regular questions here. Um, uh, Joey's got a few in here, Mr. Brown. Yeah, I, I, I have the, the, the super chat question is from 17BKS. There we go. I got it here. Uh, they say, why didn't Cutter Gauthier want to come to Philly? I saw that pop up earlier, and I'm not sure I understand the question. I was about to Google who Cutty, Cutter Because I don't either. Honestly, when I, when I, when I don't like understand it, I feel like it's like a D's nuts joke or something like that. I'm like, what? what is... American hockey player. Oh. <laughs> uh... Oh. Yeah, I uh, I like sports jerseys a lot. <laughs> oh, maybe you wore his jersey because he. I guess there's I a picture of him in the Flyers jersey. Uh, yeah, but I don't really follow sports too often. <laughs> I should a little bit more so because I like sports. I kind of get motivated off sports sometimes. Like when I see these dudes in like prime physical form and like being super athletic, like and you know their little interviews after the game. There's something motivating about of it that that keeps me going. Um, uh, about to hit two years with no drinking alcohol, 
in February. So uh, lots of good things have happened since then for me, both physically and mentally. I feel like uh, just become a better dude and just all around just taking better care of myself. And I feel like that has like a huge impact on what I'm trying to complete on a daily basis. Uh, nominated that Sodi award again, got it last year. Um, so things are working out. Yeah. Do you still hit the uh, NAs every now and then? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, there's nothing nice. like, uh, I mean, it's like an occasion, occasional thing. I was going to get some for this episode, but I didn't want to be like the guy drinking a, <laughs> a fake beer. <laughs> so what do you say? I made on? some coffee. Uh, coffee. Coffee at some eight o'clock at night. I got to, dude, I had a long day. Like I told you, like <laughs> I've been on the computer all day, Zoom calls. So it's like, this has been just a, a long going me right here all day. Damn. You didn't throw any pushups in, the, in the middle? I love talking to you guys. I actually just, uh, before we got on chat, I moved my weights and my yoga mat, which I just like will be working and working out at the same time all day long. You still ride your Peloton? Every day. Uh, I think I'm on 480 days straight. Whoa. Well, that has to, that doesn't count with like blade cup trips and stuff like that, but yeah. I still try to do a Peloton workout like on my yeah. phone app, like a stretch or something like that. But yeah, some yeah. crazy amount of days straight. Get it. I wrote mine before jumping on here to get me fired up for the show. Yeah, that's right. Um, Do you have any other questions in the chat, Billy? I mean, we didn't really do anything besides the super chats and the Patreon. Yeah. um, There's like, we'll we'll take like, I know we've had you for a while. We're almost about to hit the two hour mark. So we'll just ask three, three of these and then I'm just warming up. Keep Okay. We'll get, we'll we'll maybe get four (laughs) then. Okay. uh, Here's a quick one. What's the SoundCloud link? Uh, my SoundCloud simple. It's just soundcloud.com slash So Honestly, I haven't posted stuff in there in quite some time. As I mentioned earlier, I'm working on a project for the first time with a collaborator. Uh, so when we start fine tuning that a little bit more, um, maybe I'll start promoting it a little bit. I feel kind of weird when I post like music and my stories and stuff like that. And maybe I need like a, a, a different channel for that. I know what I know what you mean. There's like a couple of times I've like shown my like band on my Instagram, and like it gets like no likes. But like any if I post like a a soul grind from like a week ago, like <laughs> everyone likes it. I'm like, man, everyone only wants me to skate. That's it. Just like yeah. just skate. It's true. Don't, it's true. Don't do they anything don't else. Wanna, just skate. <laughs> they don't even want to picture your face anymore. They just want tricks. <laughs> <laughs> like, just skate. Yeah. Um. Cool. So uh, we'll get into a few of these. Sean Michelson says, question. This is an interesting question. Sean, what's your top three favorite vintage wheel graphics? Very specific. Whoa. Vintage wheel Ooh. graphics. That's a good question, Sean. Holy moly. Um, uh, Senate Lowriders. Uh, the classic. I remember walking into the local ski slash skate shop when I was a kid and seeing those bounce off that dark charcoal majestic 12 and you could clearly see the halo logo like sticking off the wheel um so those just being a classic uh i was a huge hyper fan the the midgets the dwarfs i'm going to categorize them into one the fat boys uh wildly crazy almost kind of like a gruesome grungy 90s style graphic um 
be honest, I don't really like wheel graphics anymore. I like blank <laughs> wheels, as funny as that is. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of other wheel graphics that, um, not necessarily a wheel graphic, but just to bring up another brand in a, uh, uh, Kryptonics, they made an Annie rocker, uh, with the, uh, tequila bottle and they put the little oh, yeah. worm inside of one of the wheels. Yeah. So it, there were no graphics on that wheel, but they just had the one worm like slither there right inside the one wheel. That's awesome sick. idea. That's an interesting take on it too. Cause I, I remember the wheels too. I never thought about that too. Like they didn't even need a graphic. It was just yeah. like that little touch. Yeah. Um, this is, I have a real quick, um, <laughs> if, if he's listening, that guy, uh, I mentioned him earlier who sent me the XL Senate halo hoodie in his surprise package is a brand new pack of those Kryptonics that I'm sending him. He doesn't know it. So if he listens to this, that's coming. Damn. That's nice. Yeah. I actually really like this question. Um, is doing big tricks a sign of insecure masculinity? Not my opinion. <laughs> Comes from one popular blading YouTuber. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, um, big tricks. I mean, I like to think that I do big tricks sometimes. And I don't think that, I, and then I love to play with small tricks. Uh, some guys like big trucks. I would say if you drive a big truck with like the little balls hanging on the back of it, maybe, <laughs> maybe you fit into that category, but, uh, I don't think so. I don't, uh, I think doing big stuff is a, a, a test to, um, us as humans, um, just wanting to test what we're capable of. It's the same reason why I flourished to technical skating. Um, because I've developed this control that allows me to do things that maybe people might not be able to do technically. And some people have developed the control to do big tricks um, that other people might not feel that they have the same control or willingness to try. Um, still takes control in the end. So you that's gotta true. control yourself, that's all it is. I wonder who said that. Which YouTuber said that? <laughs> I think it's funny. It is funny. Um, as in, okay. as in, as in, <laughs> what? Nothing. I I don't know who it is. You Were guys you gonna guess? Like you know. Oh, I I, 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 I definitely I, don't know. I never heard that before. Oh, okay. Um, as a new skater, less than twelve months skating, would you recommend park or street skating? Very broad question. That is awesome. That someone less than 12 months skating is on this podcast right now. Like that's blowing my mind. Yeah. Uh, one, you're awesome. Cool. Keep doing it. Pay attention to cool shit. There's a lot of cool shit out there. Um, dude, uh, learn or whoever you are, uh, do both. Um, I grew up not skating skate parks, not because I, I didn't choose to just because I didn't have access to. So all we had were curbs and whatever was local to us. So that's the way I learned. Um, I think that it depends with, uh, you know, what you're, you're going for. I mean, at such a young age, you should probably try both to 
you know, see what suits you, see what you like more. But I would, I would always push for street skating first and foremost, you'll develop more, uh, control on your skates being able to like deal with different kind of ground different kind of terrain park can be like we said earlier like a, a one noted kind of feeling especially if you're skating something super smooth all the time you know you might not be able to grow as easily definitely it, it uh will make you adjust to this give you a make you look at skating with a very different eye and i i, I can relate i think a lot of people from our generation or who have been skating for as long as we have, like uh, had to skate street by default because there just wasn't yeah. too many parks around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's at least two more that I'm, I'm going to take, maybe three, but we'll, we'll just take these two at least. Um, I feel like we have to touch on this almost every time we talk, but it's uh, Michael Frumling says, where's Chris Sushire? Does he still skate? Have you heard from him? Has there been any news? Uh I haven't talked to Chris in quite some time. Um, he did come out uh, maybe a little bit over a year ago, a couple times. I gave him a pair of them skates. Um, he was handling some back roids and topsoles. Uh, it was still freezing cold out at the time, so I'd, he never enjoyed that. Uh, hmm. So I don't think he had a good taste in his mouth, but he, he toyed around with it. But I haven't talked to him in quite some time. Cool. Um, okay. I like this question, especially based on the first uh, topic we discussed. Um, what's your favorite piece of skate memorabilia that you have, that you have, that you would grab if your house was on fire? <laughs> uh, it's going to be that hoodie that will be arriving in the mail. That Senate ha- halo hoodie that I had when I was a kid, but it's, it's nice. not here yet. Um, but uh, in the other room, John sent me a, uh, I guess it's going to be memorabilia. It might not seem like memorabilia now, but John sent me a fresh pair of uh, base thems that I can just hang in my room uh, that I have lots of shoes in. Um, but I'll grab those. I'm going to grab a piece of vintage too. Um, um I have a, uh, that Senate ill will, it's coming with me. I have a clip of Colin that I still want to use in a a current video where I'm filming him at like the famous like city hall, which is Caddy corner from Love Park. And he's got this like pro tech helmet on with like stickers all over it. And he's rocking the ill will. So when I found that I wanted to film some sort of transition where he was like wearing that as a young child into him wearing it today. So because I have that on my radar, that shirt's coming with me. You've been talking about that like reference of the old skate clothes for a long time. I remember now like we had conversations years ago about that. Yeah, uh, it's something I think it started maybe when I was living in Kansas City. Um, I just started collecting old stuff. I was buying anything that was like vintage rollerbladed. I didn't have sponsors at the time. So I was buying like lots of Solomons and just like holding on to them. Um, and then it kind of started from there. I wasn't necessarily seeking out gear at that time though. It was more so like skates and wheels and like things that I thought that I could use. If that makes sense. Yeah. But that's kind of where it began. Mm. 
Okay. Speaking of that time, real quick, I had a notification set for Sucker Bladers uh, for like eight or nine years, and the other day it finally came up, and I got the medium Sucker Bladers roll tee. So, <laughs> no way. Super crazy, and I, when I say I waited, like I waited for that thing to show up. Eight or nine like, years. Yep. Notification finally popped on the other morning, like a week, not last week, but the weekend before I was driving to the skate spot. I was like, there's no way I clicked <laughs> on it and boom, copped instantly. So how many no vintage way. like skate stuff is on your eBay radar then? Cause you probably forgot that you even put that there eight, nine years ago. Like who knows? I, I was uh, I was searching around today at stuff, and I was like, "What am I even doing?" I was like, "I got everything. I <laughs> I got I'm I'm good. I got sucker bladers. I got this. I got all the Halo things that I had when I was a kid. So I'm checking out. <laughs> so <sick. laughs> I'm good. You're bowing out on top. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Okay, we're gonna take this one more because it's uh, relating relating to the skate. Even though Sean's, uh, we already asked one of Sean's questions. I think it's a good one. It's a good place to end it. Sean Michelson says, "What was the pink in the base them skates inspired by? Erasers, bubblegum, or do you even consider it pink or salmon? What 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 was it inspired by?" Um, you know, we were we had a we had a couple different designs going. Um, that comfortable couple different colorways, I should say. The liner had that kind of like 90s textile pattern um, that was always going to be it. We had a version that was a, a mint color. Uh, we had a version that was like that light bubble gummy pink salmon tan, um, which a version of that color, that pink color, ended up being like color of the year in 2023. So I was like hype. <laughs> when wow. I saw that Pantone color of the year. Um, but it wasn't necessarily inspired by anything. It was just like maybe trying to do something a little bit different. Um, it can be loud if you want it to be, but I tone it down with like white parts and, you know, you rock some like clean pants with it. Um, they look really cool looking down at them. Um, there wasn't necessarily like we were like I said we were just playing with colors and ideas and trying to do something that maybe wasn't expected. The name Bubble Mint popped out, and it was like, all right, let's give this a shot. The designer Mike McMullen was like really about it too. He was like pushing it. it came out really Sick. good. It, the that pink color matches the the liner design perfectly. I feel like Mint wouldn't have gone with that as well as the. The pink did unless that was just scratched all together in the mint version of it but um, <laughs> it's surprised he didn't make a base mint mint colored skate you know that makes sense it was close it was real close maybe in the future at the time there was going to be a uh another skate that was going to drop in a similar colorway uh, that was supposed to drop before the base them um that skate ended up uh not coming out um it had kind of like a greenish hue to it kind of like a minty but oh. a little bit more green um so we tried to stay away from that color just to be different did you see the seba version of the base them skate i don't know if it was a photoshop or what you had to have seen it i did see it um, do you know what was up with that 
I, I, you know what? I don't. I don't. Uh, they were in China though. Like I think some guy just customed them. That good? Like, it would. That looked like, legit. As like hell. A, yeah, he did like a really good job. Uh, yeah. No idea, but I That's, know what you're talking about. Yeah, it looked legit. Like somebody really wanted that look so bad, but didn't want to ride them skates <laughs> that they customized their Sebas to look exactly like the base them skate with the liner, the pink, everything. It was it was legit. It looked good too, but it was just yeah. it was almost too good to be like handmade or like a custom thing, you know. It looked like, it looked factory made pretty much. It did. I don't know if like, I'm, I'm sure people it. send it to you. Yeah. Was a, yeah. Yeah. Are we good with questions, Billy? Yeah, we're not taking anymore. Um we we've got all the all the questions, but Sean, I got to say thank you once again for joining us. You were on our episode 2 of Jump Street and now episode 153. It's always great touching base with you. I love I loved uh not only like talking about things you were working on but also talking about your perspective on other projects during this. But as always before we let you go, do you have any shout outs, uh things to say? Um, shout out to you guys. Always a pleasure just hanging out with you, uh, old friends. So just this ain't nothing new for us. Um, shout out to create for sponsoring the episode, uh, Frank, uh, uh, the survey or quiz that we're doing, uh, participate in that. You could end up with a free one. Um, shout out to John and them skates, everyone part of the team. My brother, obviously, um, dead wheels, uh, you they make the best wheels so i mean you're skating flat and not skating dead wheels i don't know what you're doing um <laughs> i'm trying to think of like oh basement yeah basement <laughs> what about fr shout out fr yeah <laughs> Nick Hartman, this, shout like, out. this like 30 year old t oh i have a question for you guys what's fr is it fuck rollerblade I, I never knew what it was well you can um it's up for interpretation. It's up for interpretation. I think we we asked Ryan Jacqueline directly on one of the vintage Jump Street episodes. Yeah. And he said he kind of tried to say in the most diplomatic way possible <laughs> that it initially stemmed from the idea of fuck rollerblade, but yeah. then it just mm -hmm. became FR. It doesn't mean fuck rollerblade. It means FR, whatever you wanted to believe. But I think uh, the initial... Uh, came from like Nick Hartman saying, fuck rollerblade. Uh, excuse my French, by the way. I normally don't curse this much yeah. on the show. Whoa. But, um, I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, that's where I think it stemmed from. And then it kind of became like the secret hint. And then it developed into like other things over the years. It's like kind of like, I guess, like graffiti crews kind of go. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they'll be like, three letter crew names and it means like, you know, eight things. So I think it stemmed from yeah. a place, but became something bigger was I think my interpretation of Ryan's explanation of that. Would you agree, Austin? Yeah, I was, uh, I was about to say, I think you hit that on the head right there. Anybody who hasn't checked out the Ryan Jacqueline episode, check it out. He does We That was one of the questions that we were dying to ask him as well too, because we've been wondering that for like 25, 30 years or whatever, but he pretty much said the same thing too. Yeah. It was originally fuck rollerblade. And then it ended up becoming something. And then it just was whatever, because uh, obviously when you were that big of a company, you couldn't just say that your company stands for fuck rollerblade, you know? So 
Yeah, but that, that's, that's pretty much it, though. Um, well, Sean, you're the man. Thank you so much for coming on. Again, it's always a pleasure to get, to, get together. Um, thank you for Create Originals for sponsoring this episode. Like we said before, enter the giveaway. Go to jumpstreetpodcast.com to enter the quiz, 10-question quiz. Have some fun with it. I also forgot to mention before because now the inbox is blowing up right now with people uh, already taking the quiz. But even Sorry. if you... Um, even if you don't get a hundred on it, you're still entered to win. So no matter what the score is, just have some fun with it. But we will give a special shout out to the people who get a 10 out of 10 on it. So I didn't check yet to see how many people got a perfect score so far, if any, but if they do, we'll give you a special shout out, um, on the next episode when we pick the winner, but thank you everybody for watching and we will see you on the next episode later. Bye.